Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Tes, Daf Nine of Masechta Shkolim. Um, yeah, the, the 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 Gemara begins over here with um, a continuation of our discussions of wine, and that'll get us to the next Mishnah at the bottom of Amur Aleph. And then we, with that, we will wrap up the third parak of Masechta Shkolim. Let us jump in. We are on. Um, like six lines into the page and the So I think you talk after read it with these parentheses. So So when you have wine that is dry, dried out, congealed wine, so the shear for taking it out on Shabbos is a kezayis. So Rabbanon Yosi Barbibi B'Shem Shmuel Asid Krib Shimon. So the Rabbanon the Kesayi and Rabbi Yosi Barbibi the same Shmuel in the name of Shmuel say that Rabbanon's opinion that congealed wine. The shear is a kezayis, so it's Krib Shimon. He holds like Krib Shimon. Kimad Rib Shimon Omar, like Rib Shimon said, Berevius. Kila Rib Shimon said that if you have a a a, a of, of 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 liquid wine, so that is so we're saying that when Rib Nelson says that if you have a kezayis of congealed wine, a kezayis of congealed wine is really the same measure of a revius of, of 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 liquefied wine, and when it congeals, it it um, Will congeal into a kezayis. Lichshayikrash behebo kezayis. So when it congeals, it'll have a kezayis. Reb Simon b'shem Reb Yishua ben Levi says Reb Simon in the name of Reb Yishua ben Levi. Myself appeared as Rebbe Shemesa that there was a story that the mule of Rebbe died. V'tiaru es dama and they said that its blood is tahor. Even though the blood of an Avela should be Tame, but they said that the blood of this mule in Rebbe's house that died was Tahor. They said it's Tahor, don't worry about Tumas Nevela. And Rebbe asked him, Simon, is there like a, a cap to this, to this Tahor blood? Meaning, when we say that this blood of this mule is tahor, like any amount, or only a specific amount is tahor, but after that amount, it would be tummy. And Reb Simon basically ignored Reb Lazar. So Vishal, Reb Yushua ben Levi. So Reb Lazar went and asked Reb Yushua ben Levi. And Reb Yushua ben Levi says, yeah, when, when we say that this blood of the mule is tahor, it means up to a revius, but more than a revius would be tame. Uvash lerabelazer al delochazer lereb Simon shmuasa. And Rebelazer was insulted that Reb Simon did not respond to his inquiry when he asked about the amount of blood that would be um, tame by this dead mule. Rebivi Abba Yosef. And Rabbi was sitting and he was teaching the sugya. He was teaching about the dead mule of, 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 of Rebbe's house where they said that the blood was tahor. So Rabbi Yitzchak Barbisna said to Rabbi Yitzchak And so, so Rabbi Yitzchak Barbisna, so he asked uh, Rabivi, and he said, when we say that this blood is tahor, it doesn't mean only up to a revius, but more than a revius would be tame, uvaadbe. And Rabivi kind of like, um, 
was not really paying much attention to him. So Amalei Reb Zerika begin to shalach at Boadbe. What? So Reb Zerika says to 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 Abivi says what? Just because somebody asked you a question, you're getting upset, you're getting flustered. So Amalei begin to laavadaiti be boitna. So Rabivi says, "Oh no, sorry, it's because I was distracted. That right, that's why I got frustrated." Because Rav Chanan teaches the following pasuk that it says that your life will be hanging opposite you. That is somebody who buys wheat for a year, meaning somebody who doesn't own his own property, property, and therefore he's dependent upon buying his wheat, and he has to, so he buys wheat for a year at a time. And you'll be scared night and day. That's somebody who can't afford to buy enough wheat for a whole year and he doesn't have his own property. So he buys wheat in, in like little amounts. And you won't even be able to have any security in your life. That's somebody who has so little money that he can't even buy little bits at a time. He just has to buy directly from the bakery, you know, hand to mouth. And says to Bivi, I, this is me. I rely upon the baker. I have so little money that I mamish live hand to mouth. And he says that because, because he was distracted thinking about this teaching, that's why uh, he didn't react properly to um, Barbisna. Rabitzuk Barbisna. So, so then, but Lemais at the end of the day, so what's the halacha? When it comes to, uh, you know, by the mule of Rebbe, we said the blood was tar. Rabbi Yitzchak Barbisna asked Rabbi is that only up to uh, a Rabbi tar, but more so it would be Tame? So, hey, Rabbi Yoshua ben Psora, Adam Nevela, Shehutar. So we say, well, we have a brisa in which Rabbi Yoshua ben Psora says that the blood of Nevela is Tahor. So we see that the blood of this mule must have been completely Tahor, even if it was more than Ervias, which is unlike what Rabbi Yishuah ben Levi said. Rabbi Yishuah ben Levi said that it's only up to Ervias, but more than Ervias, it would be um, Tameh. But apparently we have a brisa here that says that according to Rabbi Yishuah ben, ben Psora, any blood of Nevela is Tahor at any amount. So the says, no, it doesn't mean at any amount. It means Ma'u Tahor, Tahor Mila'achshir. No, it means that it will not be machshir things the kabbalatum. We've learned about being machshir the kabbalatum. It means that anything that can become Tameh first needs to come in contact with water. And therefore, the question is, this blood of a nevela, if it comes in contact with, let's say, wheat or something like that, can, is, is that wheat now able to con- contract tumma based on the fact that it came in contact with liquid? So we're saying no. We're saying that, so we want to say what it means, that when Rabbi Shul ben Psora says that dam nevela is tar, it means that it will not make other things susceptible to becoming tummy. But it does become tummy. Kilu, the blood of the nevela itself becomes tummy. So tamataninon, so the Gemara says, yeah, but what do you mean? We learned over there. Where's over there? Machshirin. Ooh, that sounds like a fun Masechta. Dama Sharetz Kivsaro Mitame Ve'eno Machshir. That the blood of a Sharetz is like the flesh of a Sharetz. Meaning that it can be Mitame things. It itself can be Tame and be Mitame. But it won't be Machshir or other things like Kabotuma. Ve'en lanu kayotzebo. And then the Mishnah says, and this is the only example of that. So, what do we see? So, we see that the only example of something that itself is Tameh and is not Mashula, other things, the Kabotoma, is the blood of a Sharetz. Implying that the blood of a Nevela 
would be machshir other things the Kabbal Tumah, or at least wouldn't be this same case of a sheretz, which is that it itself is tamay, but it's unable to be machshir other things the Kabbal Tumah, because as we said, ve'en kayot sebo, that there's no other example of this. So therefore, when Rabbi Yeshua ben Psora says that the blood of an Avela is tahor, it means completely tahor. Not just that it's not machshir other things the Kabbal Tumah, because that's something that, that's unique to sheretz. So the Shukumar says, not necessarily. No, what it means, it's sheretz is unique in the amount that it's able to be metame other things at the size of a lentil, which is something that's unique to sheretz. But in terms of the concept of something that's able to become tome while not being able to be machsha other things in Kabbalah you could say that that applies to dam nevela as well, and it's not unique to sheretz. All right. Rabbi Yossi says, look, Lemaisa, we have Machlokas Amurayin about this. Chad Omer Tomei v'chad Omer Tar. One of them says that uh, it's Tomei when it's more than a Revius. That was Rabbi Yishuv Levi. The other one says that it's Takatar. Manda Omer Tomei k'Rabbi Yehuda. Manda Omer Tar k'Rabbi Yehoshua ben Psora. So Manda Omer says that it's Tomei. It's like Rabbi Yehuda. And we're about to, to, to explain how we know that it's Rabbi Yehuda. And the Mandamu says that it starts like Rabbi Yeshua ben Psora, right? We just saw that Rabbi Yeshua ben Psora says that when it comes to the blood of a Nevela, it's tar at any amount. So that's Rabbi Yeshua ben Psora's opinion. And Rabbi Yehuda's opinion would be that when um, the there's more than a Revius of Dam Nevela, it would be Tameh, but up to a Revius, it would be tar. Omerle, what? Yeah, Omerle. Rav Avduma de Minichusa Vyaos, and this taka makes sense to say that according to Rabbi Yehuda, more than a Revius of blood of a Nevela would be Tame, to Rabbi Yehuda Moriana de Venesia Hava. That's extremely interesting. That Rabbi Yehuda was the posek of the house of Rebbe. And therefore, we're talking about the mule of Rebbe that died, and it was less than a Revius, and we're saying that it's Tower, but if it's more than a Revius, it's Tame, it would make sense to say that that's in line with Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Because Rabbi Yehuda was the posek in the house of Rebbe. Super interesting. Remember that. It's very, very interesting. So the Mishnah continues. And the Mishnah had said that the fellow who goes in to do the Chuma Salishka shouldn't be wearing any hems or anything that we could possibly suspect that he might be hiding some money somewhere. So it says the Gemara, Tani Rabbi Shmuel Kavutz Lo Yisrem Mipnei HaChashad. says Rabbi Shmuel that Somebody with long hair does not uh, go into do the truma salishka because we're, we're, we, you know, we, we don't want anybody to suspect that maybe he's hiding coins in his hair. That the treasurers would then sort of go through each strand of the fellow's um, wool clothing to make sure that uh, there's no coins hiding in there. And we learn in Abraissa that they would speak to the fellow who was doing the Chuma Salishka the entire time, from the time that he enters until the time that he leaves, so that he wouldn't be able to hide any money in his mouth. Why doesn't he just fill his mouth with water the whole time? And then he won't be able to put anything in his mouth. It'll just be filled with water. Well, because he needs to make a bracha when he separates the Chuma Salishka, and he can't do that if his mouth is filled with water. So says that we see a precedent for this concept of that a person needs to be, you know, make sure that no other humans 
suspect him of any improper acting, just like he has to be concerned that the Abishter shouldn't see that he's doing anything improper. We see this in the Torah, in the Nevi'im, and in the Ksuvim. But Torah Minayin, where do we see it? In the Torah, the Chzib, as the Pasuk says, by the Ruvain, God, and Chatzishevet Menashe, that um, it says, Yisrael, that you'll go and you'll fight in the, uh, for, you know, at the, at the, in the front lines, and then nobody will suspect you of, of, of not wanting to, to live in Eretz Yisrael. You'll be clean from God and from Israel. Not just from God, but also from Israel. But it says in the Prophets, Minayin, where does it say that? The Pasuk says, Hashem. What does the Pasuk say? Who Yodea Yisrael Hu Yeda. That God knows and, and, and the Yidin also knows Baksuvim. And in the, uh, writings it says, Minayin Dechsev, Umatsachain Vesechotov, Beinei Elokim Veodam. And you will find favor and, uh, intuition in the eyes of, uh, of, of God and man. Kamlil Zuga Shal Rab Yosi Bar Rabun Ezua Mechuver Shabuchulam, what's sort of the best of the three Psukim Amale, Visim Nikim, Hashem, Misuel? So he said that the best one is the one from the Torah, which is that you'll be clean from God and from Israel. Very, very interesting concept there. I mean, it's cool. Next, Mishnah Halachi Gimel of the third parak of Mesechta, Shkalim Shabbisram Gamlil. We had learned this the other day that in Rabbi Gamliel's household, they wanted to make sure that the shekels that they donated would be included in the Chuma Salishka, right? Because uh, not, right, they would fill up three boxes and whatever was left over would stay there, was left over. So, so, so... From Gamliel's household, they wanted to make sure that the shekels that they donated were going to be used for korbanis. So what they would do is, So they would um, uh, enter into the Beis HaMikdash and they would have their shekels for the, for the, for the Machtas HaShekel in their, on their fingertips so that um, nobody should suspect that, you know, they're going in to like take any, you know, for any wrong reasons. It's clear that they're going in to donate their shekel. They would throw it in front of the person who was doing the Chumas Alishka. And the um, person separating the Chumas Alishka would make sure that the coin would, would, would be part of, be, you know, included in the coins that would make it into the box. Okay. Protexia. And the process of the Chumas Alishka is it would all start out with the fellow who does the Chuma Salishka saying, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to do the Chuma Salishka now. And they say to him, trom, trom, trom. They say three times, okay, do it. So then, as we know, they would do the Chuma Salishka three times throughout the year. So after the first time, they would fill up the three boxes and whatever was left over, they would take a um, leather covering and they would cover whatever was left over because Whatever was left over each time, you would not use the next time. So it's not like the next time they do Chuma Salishka, they're just going to take, fill up another three boxes from whatever was left over from the first time. No. They would use whatever coins were donated since subsequent to the first time. That's what they would use the second time. So they would, um, cover up whatever was remaining after the first Chuma. They would cover it with, um, leather, a leather covering so that there would be a separation between them and whatever new coins would come in. Then the next Chuma would come from the second batch of coins. And then after the second Chuma Salishka, they would also cover whatever was remaining from there with leather 
with leather coverings. Hashlish is and the third time, after doing the third truma, truma, they wouldn't have to um, cover up the remaining coins because they weren't be, going to be, you know, taking out any new coins anymore. Anyways, they would cover up the coins after the truma. So that nobody, they shouldn't come to make a mistake and accidentally um, do truma salishka from the coin, right, the next time from the coins that were already there the previous time and just weren't taken. They did the first Truma Salishka with the intention, uh, with the Kavona of the people living in Eretz Yisrael. And the second Truma Salishka was for the, the, the cities surrounding Israel. And the third Truma Salishka was for Babylon, Modai, and Media, and for the far away places. That by the house of Gamliel, so they would um, make sure that they hopped the Rhine and they would get their shkolim, uh, you know, into the contributions. So ilu ayushne kriim v'tar meachon men al chaveru shem lo pata chaveru. So fact, the Gemara, what's the big deal? How come Rebbe Gamliel was so? How come his family was so adamant that their coins had to make it into the, uh, the specifically into the coins that were selected, and they can't be shirayim? If I have two piles of grain. And I take, um, you know, Meiser and Trume from one pile. Obviously, it's going to work for the whole, you know, all of your grain. You don't have to take from like every single pile. It's not so important that specifically that grain or that pile the tithe came from. The point is that it counts for everybody. And the same thing by Machzis uh, Shekel. They take, they fill up these boxes from whatever coins are in the Lishka. But it, it, work, it counts for everybody, not just for the people whose coins technically got taken. So how come Rebbe Gamliel had to make sure that, that his coins were, were Davka taken? So look what the Gemara answers. Achinami, the Gemara says. Achinami. Adin. Yeah, they'll be just as Yotze even if their coins ended up in the Shiraim. But it's not as Gishmak. They wanted to get a Cheshek from the Mitzvahs, a Gishmak out of the Mitzvahs. And therefore, it's much more, you know, gishmak to know that your coin is actually going to be used to buy the korbanos tzibor and these important things. So, yeah, in a chinami, meikar adin, they would be just as yotze had their coins been part of the leftovers. But it's, it's not as exciting. They wanted to be excited about the misfits and see that their coin was davka included. Tony, kulan shiraim. So what happens if one of these uh, leather coverings kind of slips off and then some of the coins got mi- mixed together? So we say that all of them now get treated like the shirayim and depending on how you treat the shirayim, uh, maker adit, you know, mistama, we're going to assume that uh, you can't use any of them anymore. So if some of the coins get mixed together, they're basically, none of them are usable. Is Thriel shows, uh, where am I? Fine. Tani, it was taught, Shlishis he haisa ashira shebechulan. Now, the third collection was the wealthiest of all of them. Now, we had seen way back when at the beginning of Masech Shkalim that um, there was Takamachlokas about if the coins were Dafka, would, they would get to Jerusalem at, at different times or all at the same time. But um, whatever it is, you know, they're, they're, it's plausible to assume, at least, let's say, that that the coins from further away places will be arriving later. And we had also taught that 
they would take the coins and use more more expensive coins to consolidate so that there was less for them to schlep. And therefore, when the, you know, the, so the later donations, which were coming from further away places, the coins that they would bring would be more valuable coins because, you know, they would, they would um, consolidate. So, Okay, they had these more expensive coins. Tony, it was taught, Tarim Esarishonim, the Shem Eretz Yisrael, U Shem Kol Yisrael. It's that the first Truma Salishka was for the people living in Eretz Yisrael, but also for all of Israel. Meaning they had in mind all of Israel. Shniel Shem Krachma Mukafim, U Shem Kol Yisrael. The second Truma Salishka was for the walled cities. Uh, no, it was for the, for the cities like surrounding Eretz Yisrael, but also for all of, all the Yidden. And the third um, was for the people in Bavel and Madai and all the faraway places and of course also for all of Israel. Tani, it was taught, So they would take money from the from the Chuma Salishka and they would use it for the Korbanos and before they would run out Entirely, they would already start taking from the second box that they filled up. Of course, they filled up three boxes each time. So before they completely depleted the first box, they would already start taking from the second box. And then they started using the coins from the second box. And before they completely depleted the second box, they began to use the coins from the third box. Then once the third box was used completely, they went back to use what was left from the second box. Once they completely depleted the second box, they went back to using the first box. And if once, you know, if they managed to deplete the funds from all three boxes, so then they can now start using the new coins that were collected since the last Chuma uh, Salishka. Right, so um, you know if there are new coins coming in, so you can use those, but don't use the don't don't use the leftovers. Reb Meir Omer chozer l'shiraim. Reb Meir says the Yitaka can use the leftovers. Shai Reb Meir Omer ma'alim b'shiraim shemitzarchulo and basov. The Reb Meir's opinion is that the the leftover coins, i.e. the the coins that didn't get put in the in the boxes when they were doing the truma salishka. So Reb Meir says that actually there's a din meila by them. If you get benefit from them, it's the din you bring a korb an asher meilos because for this exact reason because. You may have a need for them if you run out of the funds from the boxes. So this is very gishmak. First of all, who was Reb Pinchas ben Yair? Reb Shim ben Yocha's father-in-law. And this, friends, is the introduction to the Sefer of Mesila Sisharm. Here we go. This is what Pinchas Ben Yar would say. Zrizus um, I don't know what Zrizus being uh, uh, um, fastidious, I guess, excited about mitzvahs brings you to cleanliness. Nikius Mivili De Tyre, cleanliness brings you to um, um, ho- ho- holiness. Tyre Mivili De Kedusha. Wait, what? No, no, purity. Tyre is purity. Purity brings you to holiness. Kedusha Mivili De Anove. Um, holiness brings you to humility. Humility brings you to fearing sin. 
And fearing sin brings you to Chasidut. Chasidut Mevili De Ruach HaKodesh. Chasidus brings you to um, having the Holy Spirit. Ruach HaKodesh Mevili De Tchias HaMesim. Having the Holy Spirit brings you to um, uh, um, bringing back the dead. Tchias HaMesim Mevili De Eliyahu Zohar Latov. And Tchias HaMesim brings you to Eliyahu Anovi Zohar Latov. Uwah. So Zrizos brings to Nikios because it says Vechila, he will like finish, i.e. he'll be like, you know, zealous, maybe, is that the word? I don't know. And then he'll have Kapara, which I guess is cleanliness. Nikios Mevili de Tyre, so cleanliness brings you to purity. It says Vechipa Alea Koin Vitohera, that he'll have cleanliness and then, well, atonement, which I guess is cleanliness and then purity. Tara Mevili de Kedusha, Dixiv Vitaru. V'tiaro v'kidisho. Did I read that correctly? V'tiaro v'kadisho. V'kidisho. These letters are too small. Okay. V'tiaro v'kidisho. Kidusha m'vili de'anove. And then holiness brings you to humility. D'chsev is the positive says, Ki cho'amar ram v'nisa shochenad v'kadoshmo marum v'kadosh eshkon v'ezdaka u'shvaruach. Right? That it says, I, I live upon high. Um... It says, it says, right, Shochen and Marim Vikadosh Shmo, and then it says, right, Marim Vikadosh Ashkon, and then it says, Vezdaka Ushvaruach, that there's Kedusha, is least humility. Anova Mevilde Yerashe, Dixiv Ekev Anova Yeras Hashem. Okay. Yerashe Mevilde Chsidis, Dixiv Vichesed Hashem, Meolim Varolim Al Yureyev, that there's Chesed on those who fear him. Chsidis Mevilde Rachakodesh, Dixiv, Oz Dibaita Bechazun Chasidecha, Ruachak. Oh, then you spoke in a vision to you, those Hasidim. Ruach HaKodesh Mevili De Tchias HaMesim Dixiv Benasati Ruchi Bochem Vichyisem. Tchias HaMesim Mevili De Eliyahu Zachulatov Dixiv Hine Anochi Sholeach Lochem Seliyah Anovi Lifne Bayom Hashem Agodov Anora. Uah. Tana B'Shem Rameir Usan the name of Rameir Komisha Kavua Beretz Yisrael Anybody who's got his residence in Eretz Yisrael Medabah Blosh and HaKodesh and speaks in the Holy Language and he eats his fruits um, in, in purity. And he reads Kriyashma in the morning and at night. So he will be announced that he is a, a, a person of the world to come. I feel like all of those are kind of doable. The hardest one there I think we could probably mostly agree on is um, eating Perosa Bitaira. Eating, you're making sure that you eat even Chulin Bitaira. That, that's like, uh, I feel like we're not so makbid on that these days. But living in Eretz Yisrael and uh, what were the other things? Saying Kriyashma and speaking Hebrew. My Hebrew is okay, but those parts are like do- more, more doable, I think. But um, the Peros Bittar is probably a little bit more complicated. Hadrin Olach, Perg Bishlosha Prokim. So, alright, we'll come back to you, Perg Bishlosha Prokim. Now, moving on to the fourth Perg. Hachuma, Ma Ayu Osin Ba. So, what would they do with this money that they would take from the, from the Lishka? Lokrim batmidin umusafin, the korban tamids and the musafs, viniskeim and their libations, haomer, the korban omer on the second day of Pesach, vishte alechem, and the two breads that they would bring on Shavuos, velechem upon him, and the weekly um, breads, vichol korbanos at Sibor, and all communal offerings. Shomay svichim bashvius not in tzchayin which umusalishka, on shvius, on shmita, of course you're not allowed to work the field. Now, that would make it complicated because the Shtei Alechem and the Omer need to come from the Chodesh. They need to come from the new crop. Now, in Shemitah, there isn't very much new crop. So, they would have people who would, you know, you're not allowed to sort of guard 
produce on Shemitah because it has to be Hefker. So there would be people who would just kind of like keep their eye on certain grains that just kind of grew on their own that weren't specifically planted because you're not allowed to plant on Shemitah, but there's what's called Svichen, aftergrowths, things that, you know, well, you know, in the previous harvest, some seeds fell on the ground, they just kind of sprouted up on their own. So there were people who would kind of keep their eye out for these aftergrowths, and if somebody wanted to chop it, they would they would kindly request, like, hey, can you keep these for the Omer and Shteelechem? So these people would be paid from from the Chumas Alishka. Rabbi Yossi Omer Afarotsim Isnadiv Shomachinam says Rabbi Yossi that also, by the way, if you want to volunteer for this job and not take money from the Chumas Alishka, that would also be acceptable. Amrulo, the, the, the Chacham said to Rabbi Yossi, Afata Omer She'ein Boyen Ela Michel Tzibor, in which the Rabbanim responded, said, No, what do you mean that you can just volunteer? No, you have to take from the communal offerings. You have to take, you, you have to be a paid person to do this if you're going to do it properly. Well, that was the uh, test of Mesechta uh, Shkala. We discussed some of the halachas of uh, wine and minimum shurim for wine. We learned very interestingly that Rabbi Yehuda was the posek of the house of Rebbe, which was super cool. And we um, then also saw that super interesting uh, b'risa from Rabbi Pinchas ben Yair, which is also the introduction and the basis for the Sefer Mesilah Sisharim, which is very, very cool. Chavag um, v'gadeh, peace out.